Today we're going to be talking about God who loves laughter. God who loves laughter. Laughter is one of the most important things you can do for your mind, your body, and your soul. The scripture says that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Now think about that. Some of you are very into vitamins, you know, young living oils, stuff like that. And some of you are very into medicine. But here is something that doesn't cost anything. You don't need a doctor's visit for it. Here is something that brings healing to every part of your life. It's called laughter. It's medicine to you. There are so many benefits to laughter that without it, it could cause great damage to us. We're built to have laughter in our lives. We're made for it. And listen, God truly wants you to be happy. I don't know about you, but I've seen Christians that, man, they really need a dose of God because I don't see it on their face. You know what I'm saying? Everybody walks around like morticians and, oh, we're, we're in church, right? God wants a joyful place to be in. The psalmist said this, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. Now, what does that mean? Now, if I started dancing, it wouldn't look joyful necessarily. But joyful dancing means I don't care what it looks like. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to move whether I get made fun of or not. I'm going to enjoy it, right? And he says, you've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. This is what God did for him. This wasn't Satan doing this for him. This wasn't some bad person doing this for him. This was God. God gave him joy. God gave him laughter. God gave him something inside of him that he enjoyed. That's huge. Neurologists have done studies and they found that laughter affects the brain in just great ways. What's interesting is a simple smile it yields great results inside your body and inside your brain. And even if it's a fake smile, they say, you, you can still get the same results. They tell us that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling upset about something, that if you position your face, even if you go to do this, if you position your face in a smiling way, that your brain will respond just the same or close to it as a real smile. Isn't that awesome? So even if you got to fake it, you know, fake it till you make it, right? Everybody do that. Come on, Tim. You can put them up. There you go. <laughs> Smile. And what happens? Lots happens inside your body. Some of you have met my chaplain boss, Dan Rainey. He's one of the funniest people I know. And we've gone through lots of trials and struggles together. We've, I mean, we, we go through one crisis after another in the chaplain work. And, and beyond that, he lost his wife a couple of years ago, went through that with him, went through the, our house fire like five years ago. He went through that with me. And we would sit down and we would talk about those things. But better than that, we would sit down for lunch and we'd just start telling funny stories. And, and one of the funniest stories, this happened just last year. And, uh, you know, it's going through the tough time with Angela and stuff. And so we're sitting down and he says, you're not going to believe what happened today. He said, you know, I've been selling my house. And he said, someone handed me one of the keys to the house. And I 
He's like, well, what do I do? So he, he took his hat off, and he threw the key in his hat, and he put it back up on his head. Well, in the mornings, whenever he fixes what little hair he's got, he puts some kind of gel on it, and, and anyway, that gel is a little bit sticky. So later that day, he went to the dentist, and he sat down in the chair, and he was like, oh, here's my hat. What he didn't know was the key was stuck to the back of his head. And the dentist or nobody told him about that key being stuck on the back of his head that entire time. And that afternoon when he got home, he pulled his hat off and he felt something. He was like, oh, man. <laughs> it's hilarious. Then he tells the story of his sister. His sister went deer hunting with him. And she was so excited because she had always seen her brothers go and get these big bucks and stuff. And she was like, I want to do that. So finally, she bought a gun and she bought all the equipment. You know, everything looked brand new. And she went, and she went out to the, 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 the place where they were deer hunting the lease. And she found a spot where she wanted to set up. And so she found these three trees where they come together and they're, you know, pretty bushy and stuff. But she could get up in there and she got it cleared out where she could get a good shot, different places. And deer season came. She was so excited. She gets up in the tree and she's sitting there from, you know, early morning on. And all of a sudden she hears something. She's like, man, this, this could be mine. You know, she's heard shots going off in the distance. so She knows the deer are moving. This could be my deer coming. And she looks and she's able to see orange walking straight towards her. It's another hunter. That's one of the worst situations. You know, some guy's out wandering around while I'm sitting here hunting. Worse than that, he comes up and he stops under her tree. She's like, seriously? This guy's right under me? Worse than that, he came to do some personal business. <laughs> so she leans forward trying to see what's going on down there. And when she did, she fell. She comes crashing down that tree, and she hits the ground and looks up, and that guy has taken off running, and he's not looking back, and to this day, over 35 years later, she still has his 30 out six. <laughs> By the time he got finished telling me that story, life was different, right? All my worries just go away with stories like that, you know, because you laugh. It's healing. There's medicine in it. Smiling activates the release of what they call feel-good messengers in your brain. And those go to work immediately on your mood and on your stress. You know, and we drink stuff and we take stuff to try to do these things, but nothing works like laughter does. Nothing. Absolutely. In fact, the other stuff makes you more depressed. I don't know if you figured that out yet. When you smile, dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin are released into your bloodstream. And the three of those, man, it's powerful. What happens? The three of those can relax your entire body. They can lower your blood pressure. And they can lower your heart rate just because you laughed and, and at least you smiled. And you feel better. And endorphins are natural painkillers. I mean, it's like taking Tylenol. You can actually lose some pain because you've smiled or you've laughed. It's just a huge, huge benefit to what God has given us here. And if all that happens when you simply can fake a smile, 
just faking a smile, imagine what happens when you actually burst out in laughter. It's awesome. Laughter brings life to a room. It brings life to a room, doesn't it? Imagine what it does to inside you. If it can bring life to a room, imagine what it does inside of you. Laughter brings joy even to a, a, a stranger, somebody that doesn't even know you, if, the, if they see you laughing. It brings joy to them, right? Imagine what it could do for, for your spouse. Why? Because your spouse knows all that's going on in your life. Your spouse knows all the trouble and all the struggles and all the difficulties you're going through at work and whatever's going on in your lives. And when your spouse sees you laugh in the midst of that, imagine what that does to them brings joy to them and peace. Imagine what laughter does for your kids to see you laughing. Oh, everything must be fine in the world because dad is laughing. Everything must be good. But if dad is sitting over there grumpy, hates life and doesn't like what's going on, the kids are scared too, right? But man, when they see dad laughing, everything must be okay. When they see mom laughing, everything must be all right. It brings security to a home. Laughter. Laughter means that you found something good to feel about and found something to feel good about. You got to find it. You got to look for it. Seek it out. Don't let a day go by without laughter. When you laugh, it means that you've looked at life and in spite of your trouble, you found something to grab onto that gives you joy. You sought it out. You looked for it. You went to find it. And in a world like we live in today, you've got to look, right? In other words, it can be a step of faith. Take a step of faith and find something to enjoy. And if you haven't noticed, I surround myself with people that make me laugh. Because I enjoy it. Our men's breakfasts, <laughs> stupid dad jokes every three minutes. Um, stories, funny stories, even jokes that didn't land, we laugh at because it's just funny to see it miss the mark, right? Some would say, what an ungodly waste of time, but boy, it's not. It's not. Throughout the years, I believe one of the main reasons God called my parents to be here to help us with the church is mainly just to make me laugh. <laughs> They're some of the funniest people in the world. Just watch them. Just sit down, get a, get a lawn chair and just watch them, right? I called one day and mom, mom answered the phone and we were talking and I could hear my dad in the background, hey, I need to talk to him. And just kept bothering her and bothering her. And, and finally she stopped and she goes, all right, I have to give the phone to your dad. He needs something. I don't know what it is. He gets on the phone and I say, hey, what's up? And he goes, what's up? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. What do you need? I didn't need anything. <laughs> funny. One day he called and he said, hey, uh, I've got some extra bologna. I got too much bologna. You want some? No, dad, I don't, don't really want bologna. No, dude, I, I've got so much bologna. I don't know what to do with it. I said, are you serious? <laughs> this is bologna. And I said, no. A couple hours later, we're on the phone again. Hey, man, I got so much bologna. I need some help with this. 
All right, fine. I mean, he probably asked five or six times. So finally, he said, yeah, I'm on, I'm on, on my way out, and, and I'll just stop and buy. I said, okay. He comes by, and I promise you, there were three slices of thin bologna in this package. <laughs> you, could, you could have eaten this in one sitting, Dad. He's so much fun. But when things get tough, Mom and Dad always reminded me it's time to laugh. And they always give me a reason, even if it's just honking the horn when I walk in front of the truck. <laughs> give you a reason. Taking fishing, whatever. Listen, we need to understand, laughter is one of the main reasons, or main ways, I should say, we should, we, that we worship. Laughter is worship. True laughter is worship. Our laughter tells the enemy he's losing. Come on, let that sink in. Laughter tells the enemy he's losing. And whatever's going on in your life that he's trying to destroy, trying to take you out, you can just laugh because he's not going to win. But it's your choice, right? It's your choice. The rest of your life is your choice and your laughter is your choice. It is not the enemy's choice as to whether or not you're going to laugh. The enemy of your soul wants you down, wants you depressed, wants you defeated all the time, and has tried to steal your laughter, and you've got to get it back if you've lost it. Throughout the Bible, there's story after story. We read of how people responded in difficult situations of life, where they were struggling, where they were down, where something difficult happened, and, and their faith and hope and love in God kept them at a place of sanity. You see, laughter is evidence that you believe God is bigger than your problems. It's evidence of it. Do you believe He's bigger than your problems? It's time to laugh again. Because that's evidence of it. But we've got to be careful. There are two different types of laughter as we walk through this in our relationship with God. One laughter says, God said it, I believe it. No matter how incredible or crazy it is that he said it, I'm going to believe it, and it makes us laugh. And the other side, the other kind of laughter is, well, I'll believe it when I see it. God said it, but I'll believe it when I see it. And we just scoff at him. In the Old Testament, there's a story of the father and mother, the, you know, the, the first father and mother of the nation of Israel, Abraham and Sarah, right? And their son, Isaac. Well, Sarah was 90 years old and Abraham was 100 years old when God brought this promised child to them. I mean, think about that. Imagine being 90 years old, ladies, and giving birth to a baby. And there's evidence of it. A whole nation of Israel exists because of this one birth, right? So there's evidence that this really took place. Abraham was 100 years old. That's old. And, and it's very descriptive. The story is when Abraham told Sarah, hey, we're going to have a baby. God said this. And, and, or when God told Abraham this. Imagine what Sarah felt. But when God told Abraham this, look at what Abraham did. It says Abraham fell face down. He laughed. 
And he said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? He was laughing. Why? Because God said it and he believed it. God didn't correct him for laughing. God said it. He believed it. He was like, ha, that's going to be a hilarious story. This is great. This is funny. And he laughed at it. Well, later on, God told Abraham again. He's like, all right, listen, this is really going to happen. You guys are going to have a baby. Well, Sarah was just inside the tent, and she heard this conversation personally. She heard it going on outside. God was physically there, and he told Abraham this. Pretty awesome moment, right? She heard him, and she's in the tent, and all of a sudden they heard. <laughs> she started laughing. He said, God said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. <clears throat> she looks down at herself. She's over in the tent, and Sarah laughed at herself, it says, as she thought. After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? You see, Abraham's laugh was, God said it, I believe it, and that's funny. Sarah's was different, and we know it because of God's reaction to her. Her reaction was, God said it, <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. You see, God called Sarah to account, and he said, what are you laughing about over there? And he said to her, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Seriously? You don't believe me? I'm God. I can do anything. You see, God didn't react to Abraham's laughter like this. But Sarah declared this. I'll believe nothing is too hard for the Lord when I see it. The beauty of this story is God kept his promise to Sarah even though she laughed. And she gave birth to a son just like he said she would. <clears throat> and for the rest of her life, every time Sarah looked at Isaac, her son, that was born when she was 90 years old, she laughed. A different laugh, right? Now she believed. You can imagine Sarah thinking, well, why didn't God just do this earlier? Why? Where am I going to get the energy to raise a child? Not only to give birth, but I've got to raise this child as well. I've never given birth all these years. Is, is God has kept me from having a baby. Why now? What's, what's this about? Well, there was timing. There was God's plan. There was God's purpose. But you can imagine what's going on in her head. Why, why, why? Why, did, why couldn't I just have had a baby when I was in my 20s, when I had energy to do this? But when you think about it, it's the extenuating circumstances that brought laughter to Abraham and Sarah. If they had just been like any other couple back in their 20s and 30s having kids and everything's going great, the extenuating circumstances is what brought laughter to the situation. It's what brought joy beyond what they could have ever had if it was just a regular birthing situation, a regular child-rearing situation. This made it a huge, huge thing. You've got to understand, God doesn't just tell jokes. God doesn't just have quips and little things to say to make us laugh. God tells stories. God creates stories. God brings laughter to us over long time stories where things just work out and we look back and go, holy smoke, how did that happen? It couldn't have happened without God and it brings laughter to our lives. 
He doesn't just have little jokes and quips, one-liners. And all throughout Scripture, we find God's people, God's stories, where it seems there's great defeat, great loss. They end up with great joy, because why? It's God's story. And I have to tell you, your life is God's story if you'll give it to Him. He will bring great joy. He will bring great laughter if you'll trust Him with it. You say, but John, you don't understand. All of the pain and all of the struggle that I've faced throughout my life, my parents did this, my dad did this to me, my mom did this to me, everything happened, all of that, and, and you don't understand. I was looked over, and, and all of the stuff that's happened throughout my life, listen, God will turn that into laughter if you will turn it over to Him. You've got to trust Him. Why? Because you can. He's God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He can turn it all into something good. Do you believe that? 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a great story of a widow and her two sons. Her husband was a prophet, and he died. Now, you can hear the story and, and, and see how frustrated she was in the story. She said to the prophet Elisha, I love this, you look at the attitude. Elisha, your servant. In other words, Elisha knew the guy. Your servant, my husband, the prophet. Your servant, Elijah, my husband, he's dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. He didn't deserve this, is what she's saying. You can hear the frustration. Now the creditor is coming. Now I've got people on my back. The bill collectors are coming. They're calling me every day. And I've got two kids. They're going to take them off into slavery. God help whoever that's for in Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to take my kids off into slavery. And they're going to, I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to have any help around here. This is a horrible situation. She's saying, listen, my husband was a good man. This is a bad situation, and I hate the situation. He served God. He died, and now we're facing horrible troubles. I've lost my husband, and I'm going to lose my two sons, and I'm angry. And what did Elisha do? He switched her thinking. He stopped her, and he said, listen, listen, I know what you've lost. I know everything is gone. But I want you to stop thinking about that for a minute. And he asked her a question. What do you have? What do you have in your house? I don't have anything. Well, except for a jar of oil. So she went over and she got that little jar of oil. She said, this is all I've got. Just a little bottle of oil. That's it. He said, okay, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go to all your neighbors, all of your friends, and I want you to go and I want you to gather as many empty jars and empty bottles as you can possibly find. What was he saying? I want you to go out and I want you to find as much emptiness as you possibly can. She did. Got her sons, they went out, they found all these empty containers as much as they could, got them back to the house and he said, all right, here's, here's what you do. You go inside, you close the doors, you take that bottle of oil and you start pouring it. So she went and she probably got one of the smallest containers at first, right? And she started pouring. And you can imagine when she was out gathering these, she probably thought, what am I doing this for? But she just obeyed. She started pouring. And when she finished, it filled up. And this was still full. 
How did that happen? Set it down. Try a bigger one. Started pouring. It filled up. Spilled oil. She filled every one of those containers. Can you imagine what it looked like around that table with her and her boys when they started filling up all that oil and they realized what was happening? Can you imagine the laughter that began to happen in their lives? What an amazingly joyful moment of God's provision for them. Their lives were changed. And every time they ran out of money, they'd go and they'd get one of those containers full of oil and they'd laugh all the way to the bank, right? You ever laughed all the way to the bank? I have yet to see it. <laughs> but if I ever get to do it, I'm going to do it just for the fun of it and see how it feels, right? Here's what's important also. The amount of God's blessing on her life was dependent upon how much emptiness she had gathered. And some of you have been gathering so much emptiness, maybe for years. Everything you've tried seemed empty, just an empty vessel. Every relationship, empty. But at some point, if you'll trust him, he's going to fill all of that. And he's going to bring laughter into your life. In the same way, these were extenuating circumstances, weren't they? Her husband, the prophet, had died. Her sons were about to be taken. Life was bad. Extenuating circumstances. Not everybody was experiencing what she was experiencing. In the same way, Abram and Sarah were extenuating circumstances. What was happening? God's story was unfolding. God's story for their lives was coming to pass. They were able to look at the past and see when suddenly something happened. The baby came. Suddenly all the oil was there, extenuating circumstances. And for the rest of their lives, they were able to look back on that situation and go, how beautiful is that when Isaac was born, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. She's like, this is an incredible story. And she added, who would have said Abraham and Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his own a in his old age. She's like, this is an amazing, amazing story. You see, God brought laughter into their lives. And Isaac would have not meant nearly as much to them as he did if it not, had not happened this way. Some of you have been waiting years and years for God to turn things around. And suddenly it's going to happen if you just trust him and just wait for him. You see, God wants to bring you laughter. He wants to give you a new beginning. You've got to remember, He's the same God as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, and all of these people. God will bring a blessing from your distress in life, but you've got to trust and obey Him. But here's a really important part of this. We have to be willing to give up our laughter for love. 
You see, God wants us to be happy, but more than that, happiness without love is useless. And so we have to be able to give up laughter. We have to be able to give up happiness in order to have love at times. You have to make that sacrifice. Why? Because in order to have laughter and love, or laughter and happiness, truly for the rest of our lives, we've got to be willing to have love in our lives. You can't just be happy without love. Love is where happiness truly comes from. God wants that in our lives. You see, love and trust go hand in hand. And what God was about to ask Abraham to do was to give up his laughter so that he knew he could love God. The scripture says that some years later, God came to Abraham and said this. He said, Abraham, take your son, your only son, the one that we've been talking about, the the one that was named laughter. He says, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. What? You're asking him to sacrifice this son? You're asking him to lay him down and kill him? You're asking him to give up the laughter of his life, the joy of his life. Seriously. You see, this was the promised child. This was the son that brought laughter to them. It was Isaac, the embodiment of laughter. And every time they looked at him and stopped and thought, oh man, there's the story. What God did. I was 90 years old and I gave birth to him. I was 100 years old and my wife had a child. It was an amazing story. And it brought laughter to him all these years. And now God is saying, I want you to sacrifice that. Why? Because he's your only son and you love him so much and I want you to know that you need to love me more than that. And now God is commanding him to sacrifice laughter. So let's read the story. Early the next morning, Abram got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut, through the, cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go, I and the boy go over there. And then look at this. This is a statement of faith. We will worship and then we will come back to you. He trusted God. Even though he's supposed to kill Isaac, he says, I'm going to bring him back with me. We will be back. Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his his son Isaac. So he hoisted it up on him and Isaac began to carry the, the wood for it. And he himself carried the fire and the knife and the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? He's getting a little nervous here. Abram answered, God himself will provide the lamb, my son. And the two of them went on. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abram built an altar and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son. I can just see Abraham, tears starting to come down his eyes, right? This is becoming very real. Arranging the wood where he is about to sacrifice his son. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abram, Abram. 
here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You are willing to give up the joy of your life for me. Abram looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. You see, there are times of testing in your life that you've got to be willing to give up laughter for love. And what God has given you to laugh, you must be willing to give back to him. What brings joy to your life? It's a gift from God. And like I said earlier in the service, all of it belongs to Him anyway. And what you enjoy, what brings laughter to you, you've got to be willing to give it to Him. In our lives, it's easy to get caught up with the things that bring us joy and we forget all about the God who gave them to us. Years ago, my father made a choice. I will never miss church to spend time on my boat. It was a choice he made. So he's here every Sunday. And after that choice, the churches that he attended back in St. Louis, same thing. These are choices that we make. What God gave me for joy. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you... You know, you can't go boating on Sunday. That's not what I'm telling you. In fact, they could go this afternoon as far as I'm concerned. Well, we got prayer tonight. I'm glad I mentioned that. We do have prayer tonight, all right? Six o'clock, if you can show up, it'd be great. I'm not trying to heap guilt on you. The question is, are you willing to give up your laughter to show God you love him? What is it that he's given you that you enjoy so much? And here's the promise. If you're willing to do that, he's got so much more for you. Look at how much he blessed Abram. If Abram wasn't willing to give his love, respect, and fear for God first, above his laughter, God would not have been able to bless him the way that he did. God says this, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. True laughter in your life begins with loving God, trusting God, and fearing God. And if you're not willing and able to do that, your laughter is going to go away. You're not going to enjoy your life like you could. And I'm telling you, those moments of clarity that you understand that God is all I need, those are the truly, truly the best moments in our lives. But you don't go there just physically and, and emotionally without having to decide that. I have to decide it. He is all we need. And we have to remember that God responds to people who believe He wants to bless them. 
who believes good things about him. Listen, if you don't believe God loves you and wants you to enjoy life and bad things, guess what? He's not going to bless that kind of thinking. Never. He's a good God. Isaiah. Isaiah was trying to stir up a love and a trust and a fear in the people's hearts. Because the people had lost their trust in God. And he said this in Isaiah chapter 40. He said, you people of Israel say, God pays no attention to us. He doesn't care if we are treated unjustly. God doesn't care about us. And Isaiah was trying to change that. He said, but how can you say that? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is the eternal God, creator of the earth. He never gets weary or tired. His wisdom cannot be measured. The Lord gives strength to those who are weary. Even young people get tired, then stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will be strong like eagles, soaring upward on, on wings. They will walk and run without getting tired. That's what happens to those of us who trust in the Lord. God doesn't want to kill your laughter. He wants to be the reason that you laugh. He wants to be the reason that you laugh. And when things work out, look what God did. Story. What's your story? And what's funny also is so many people don't, didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. Why? Well, because he wasn't serious all the time. When Jesus came to town, the town came alive. That was the way he was. Oh, that can't be the Messiah. Why? Because he's not like this. He needs to be serious. Talking serious stuff. Jesus was one of the funniest. You read some of the stuff that he said. One day there was a huge crowd of people that gathered around. He had just fed the 5,000 in the other town, and these people were gathered around there. We're going to get free food today. He's going to talk to us. This is going to be awesome. And Jesus gets up, and he's like, all right, good to see everybody today. Here's what we've got on the agenda. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everybody line up. That's funny. It's hilarious. Why? Because all the disciples were like, this is awesome. We've got a huge crowd. Look at all the people. This is success in ministry, right? And Jesus gets up and everybody leaves. And he turns to the disciples and he looks at them and he goes, you guys going to leave too? Feel free. That's funny. Especially when you look at what's going on in our churches today, right? I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Jesus was invited to the weddings. What does that mean? He was fun. 
Look at what it says, Luke chapter 7. John the Baptist did not go around eating and drinking. All right, so John the Baptist was, you know, he's John the Baptist. He, he was very straight, you know. Very, he, he didn't go around eating and drinking. What does that mean? He didn't go to the parties and all that kind of stuff. And you said, John has a demon in him. Look, he's unsociable. He's crazy. He eats locusts and all this stuff. He's nuts. He's got a demon in him. John the Baptist didn't go around eating and drinking. But because the Son of Man goes around eating and drinking, you say, Jesus eats and drinks too much. He's even a, a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. interesting, isn't it? So today is a day for you and I to begin trusting and fearing God and find our laughter through Him. People may have cut you off one too many times. Marriage may have gone south. Maybe things didn't go the way you wanted them to at work financial situation might be too real or maybe your kids aren't the Einsteins you wanted as kids right bad things have happened in this life in the Old Testament there are scriptures recording the things that God laughs at and I want to end with this God laughs there are bad things going on in this world agreed what does God laugh at the kings of this earth have all joined together to turn against the Lord and His chosen one. Okay, get the visual. The kings of this earth have all joined together and have said, God, we're going to take you out. <laughs> they say, let's cut the ropes and set ourselves free. We don't want any accountability with God. We're cutting the ropes. The strings are gone. We're going to be autonomous. We can do whatever we want in this world, and God doesn't have anything to say about it. We're taking him out. He's off the throne. In heaven, the Lord laughs as he sits on his throne making fun of the nations. He's like, it doesn't matter what they do. I'm in charge. I'm God. They're never going to dethrone me. Everything is going to be okay because I'm in charge and they're not. And the same is true in our lives today. Everything's going to be okay. No matter what happens, no matter who does what, no matter what's going on in our world today, no matter what kind of craziness is going on, no matter who dies and who lives, no matter what's going on, God says, it's time for you to just laugh because you win if you're with me. That's huge. So we lose our laughter, though, when the wicked are winning. And God says, no, it's time to laugh at it. Mark, come on, just laugh at it. Just laugh at it. When you watch the news, just laugh. Wow, they think they're going to win. Not going to happen. Listen, God laughs at the idea that you won't make it because he knows you will. He laughs at the idea that you're defeated because he knows you're not. And he laughs at the idea that evil is going to win against you because he knows that it's not. It's not. You're going to win if you're with him. Would you bow your heads? God says, is there anything too hard for me? Anything?
That addiction is not going to overtake you. If you give it to God, is there anything too hard for Him? No, He can deliver you. He can restore your laughter. It's time to claim it. Some of you, God has blessed you in certain ways. Maybe it's a relationship, husband, a wife, someone in your life, something that God has blessed you with. Maybe you've got a billion dollars in your bank account and he made you laugh. The question is, do you love him more than what he's given you? Do you love him more? Are you willing to give up your laughter to have that love? Is God first in your life? If He is, you will find that He wants to bless you so much in so many ways, not just for now, but for eternity. But you've got to give it to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love for us. Thank You that You want us to be People filled with joy from deep down within. And we know that, God, you have stored up our tears. All of us have cried. All of us have struggled in this life. This pain is a tragedy in so many ways this life is. But, God, you give us laughter. And you give us hope. And you give us life everlasting. And so today as your children, we grab onto that and we say, yes, God. Yes, Lord. You're our God and we trust you and believe you. Even if we have to give up our laughter today for the love that we have for you today. We're willing to do that. And so, Father, in that, we thank you for peace and joy from within. Thank you, God, for a story. Our lives to be a story expressing your love, your passion. And there are some here today that have been hurting so much. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. The pain and the struggle that comes with that, God, we know that you're going to end it in victory. Great story. Make us laugh. Make us laugh. And perhaps today there's somebody here that's needing a relationship with you. Maybe they haven't trusted in you as God. Turn their lives over to you. God, we thank you for forgiving us of all of our sin. What you did on the cross for us, Jesus, made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. And so right where we are right now, we turn our hearts over to you. Maybe there's someone here doing that for the first time or the first time in a long time, but it's time to turn your heart towards him and just say, God, I want to believe in you. Would you restore to me the joy of your salvation in my life? Give me your salvation. I want to get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And for the rest of my life, I want to accommodate for you living inside of me. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I give you my heart and my life. Amen.